The reading comes from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Well, in a moment, I'm going to seek to unpack that wonderful story from Luke. Some of you might be wondering, what? That doesn't sound like a Trinitarian sermon. Well, in fact, it isn't. Um, on Thursday morning, we, um, some things happened that, made, that uh, was very difficult uh, for Shane to be ready for this week. So we're going to delay and just doing a one-off message on Luke 7. And it's a topic, again, that touches us at this season of COVID as we look at the question, does God care? Uh, let me also say up front, uh, I'm just so encouraging this week to see the way the world's mission giving has come in. So I just want to encourage you to keep giving. We've already received around $83,000. That's a wonderful blessing. And uh, maybe we'll get that wonderful $100,000 target soon. We'll keep you updated. Thanks so, far, so much for your generosity. Let me just pray now as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the scriptures, but we especially thank you for the Lord Jesus, your son, who entered our world as a human being, but who demonstrated that he was also truly the son of God. Help me to speak your word clearly, open our hearts to your truth, and may there be a wonderful connection between your truth and our hearts so that we become more like you and less like the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, does God care? I suspect all across our pandemic-stricken globe, this question is getting a substantial amount of airtime and across all sorts of faith communities. Of course, it's, it's not just pandemics that give birth to these sorts of questions. This morning, um, from Luke 7, we heard these words. As Jesus approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Maybe the question, does God care, had crossed her mind. But probably there were other issues for her. One can't help but wonder if amidst her overwhelming grief, this mum also struggled with some guilt. If only I'd gotten help earlier. Could I have done more? I suggest, suggest many people across the world 
who felt responsible for passing on COVID to family, causing either serious illness or even death, are asking the same questions and feeling the same way. Grief, guilt, blame, anger are just a few of the responses we make in the context of loss. Of course, the loss of a child is especially difficult. Over the years, I've been to too many funerals where the deceased parents are still alive. It's not supposed to happen. Parents don't expect to attend their children's funeral, but happen it does. Diseases, accidents and suicides bring agonising grief and loss to mums, dads and families all over the world. Our hearts especially go out to those who have lost a child prematurely. And I can tell you, in the midst of such circumstances, I can understand why people might scream, and even with a shaking fist, does God care? Maybe many of you listening this morning have echoed such sentiments. Maybe we've even wondered, did God exist at all? Or if he does, why he doesn't seem to do anything and answer our prayers? I remember years ago seeing some wall graffiti which read, God doesn't give a damn about us. Why should we give a damn about him? How do you respond to life in the hard times? What do you think about God? I had the privilege of serving in the United States for a few years and there was a young youth minister named Rick Hubler who... uh, connected up with uh, one of the parishioners' daughters and they ended up being married. Wendy died in 1995 of a terrible cancer. In the midst of the crisis that they were going through, Rick used to write letters for prayer support. I want to read you one of his letters which explains how he was responding in the midst of grief. How does one say that Wendy is undefeatable when she has died? What is cancer anyway and why does God allow it? How does a loving God permit that kind of suffering and kindness and and brokenness? If he allows this, then what else does life hold for my children and me? Car wrecks? Other diseases? And in what measurable way can we say that Wendy's potential and God-given task must have been completed? at the age of 29, with two small children and a husband left behind. These questions and many, many more have dogged my steps every day for a long time. There are no easy answers. I've learned this year to despise easy, pat answers. I've also learned to dislike our propensity for running from the complexities of life. There is much about life which would cause us to wonder The question which arises from the results of Wendy's life should cause us, don't you think, to slightly wrestle with doubt? What does God show of himself here if not absence, disinterest or neglect? But Rick closes. But as with so many other struggles, I have found the answer in God's word. And it's to that word we turn this morning. I want us to watch God's Son in action. Let's see if Jesus can provide an answer. Does God care for people?
we read again the opening part of the narrative. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. Two crowds we see meet at this gate, this first century Palestinian town. The first is buzzing with excitement. You see, the day that before, they've been in Capernaum. And they've, they've witnessed an incredible miracle of a centurion slave who was at the brink of death. And Jesus didn't even front up. He just spoke a word. And this crowd had spent a wonderful day walking from Capernaum to Nain with the teacher of teachers, hearing about his teaching on forgiveness, knowing he was a man of great power. They, they arrived at the gate of Nain excited and enthused about the fact they could sit down and have some wine and cheese and chat with Jesus and learn some more. But at the gate of Nain, circumstances changed, for there was another crowd. Here was a crowd filled with grief and sadness. Confronted, they were with one of the puzzles of life. For while the servant had been healed 40 kilometres away in Nain, a young man, the only son of a widow, had died. He was a mum, stumbling, barely able to walk before the coffin, as was tradition in first century Palestine. Walking before her son's coffin, out of the gates to the burial grounds. Facing her was a life of loneliness, poverty. There was no welfare system in the first century. The loss of family line and lots of unanswered questions. Why? What will I do? How will I survive? So on that day, at the gate of Nain, we find that devastation and celebration met, that sorrow and joy met, that death and life met, but also questions and answers would meet. This scenario, of course, is played out each and every day on our planet, internationally, in our neighbourhoods and in our own homes. We might celebrate that Ethiopia has a Christian leader, but the Christians of Afghanistan are under threat from the Taliban. Some students do well at university while others drop out. Success on the one hand and failure on the other. Parents rejoice at the health and well-being of their children while the neighbours across the street wake each morning with tears rolling down their cheeks as they still seek to come to grips with the suicide death of their 18-year-old son. Meanwhile, a young couple delight in the excitement of coming home from their honeymoon, moving into their first apartment. But below, just the apartment below, a young mum sits down with her two preschool children to try to explain them why daddy would no longer be coming home for he'd found someone at the office a little firmer of body and less demanding. Bushfires burn one home and miraculously leapfrog another. You see, this is the context within which we live our lives. The story at the gate of Nain is our story. But death doesn't have to be the final sad and dark curtain that will be drawn on our lives. Is life hard 
and then you die? Does God care about this mum and all who experience tragedy? Watch Jesus. Sentence 13. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. So the Lord of life moves beyond the widow and touches the open coffin and the funeral procession comes to a halt. Let's pause and consider this scene. For here is a snapshot which provides insight into what God feels about the human condition. Some years ago, Bette Midler sang her song about God, that he was watching us from a distance. She was far from the truth. Yes, God is watching us, but he's watching us as one who's engaged our world. One who didn't remain aloof in the safe immunity of a perfect heaven. The Son of God shared his Father's compassion for a people who keep him at a distance. So he willingly joined the human race. Jesus Christ knows the puzzles of life. He knows the joys of birth and the sorrow of death. He knows the celebration of wedding feasts and the public shame of a woman caught in adultery. He knows the stimulation of the intellectually, intellectual debate and the frustration of the intellectually disabled. How does he know? He has walked our planet. Watching us from a distance? No, first hand. God sees our lot. He knows life can be hard and he cares. His heart goes out to us. God is not some divine spectator on human history. He has and always will be the divine participant. Does God give a damn? Yes, he gives more than a damn. He gives his son. This incident falls in a whole book which climaxes with Jesus dying in our place. Here, he reaches out his hand and touches a coffin. Later, he will literally climb into a coffin. Why? He loved enough to pay the penalty for our self-rule. Jesus came to deal with our spiritual corpse. Yes, we are spiritually dead. We need to admit it. Like all people, we sin. We push God aside. We can treat God like, like we do an iron. Uh, you get an iron out to iron your clothes, but you don't place it on the coffee table afterwards. You put it out of sight. No one wants to be reminded that they have to do the ironing. And we treat God like that. We get him out when we need him and then we want to put him away out of sight so we can live life our way. We all deserve to die. We all in various ways have pushed God aside and not recognising his rightful and loving rule of our lives. But God stepped in for us. We sought to be independent but without us even asking for it, God sent his son to take our guilt and punishment to endure the separation for us. 
Uh, the other night on the news, I heard the story of a man who went skydiving and the parachutes didn't open. He fell something like 10,000 metres to the ground and miraculously survived. How? Because his instructor at the last minute turned his body and placed his body to receive the full impact. And this man had hardly any injuries. It was simply a miraculous rescue because of the sacrifice of another. And so Jesus took the full impact of our sin and our judgment. He did it for us. The history of Jesus unveils for all to see that God cares. People matter to God. Even some insignificant grieving mum in a first century tin pot town of Nain. And everyone on the planet impacted by COVID-19. Some may cry, God doesn't give a damn about us. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus says no. And history says no. But caring is one thing. Handling death is another. Caring sympathy doesn't bring people back to life. So let's return to this scene at the gates of Nain. For what happens next blows everyone's mind. Some may cry, God doesn't care. And then they add, death is the end. We read, Jesus said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now, during the course of my ministry, I I've, must have taken 250, 300, maybe more funerals. And I just want to say to you, it has never occurred to me to do what Jesus does here. Never occurred to me to say, oh, could you take the lid off the coffin and I'm just going to give this a shot. I wouldn't dream of doing that because I know who I am. But that is exactly why Jesus does do it. He knows who he is. He is the son of God from heaven. He is God. I know that I can't play God. All the people at those funerals have never given it a shot. We know who we are, don't we? And Jesus knew who he was. He had power to create life where there was none. Jesus did this without any fuss. There was no consulting the star science as if it was a good day for a resurrection. No, he just spoke a word. Young man, I say to you, get up. And even death could not hold him back. The man sat up and spoke. He was alive. And this in front of two large crowds. Note Jesus gave the man, the boy, back to his mother. With this act, Jesus demonstrated not only his unique power, but that death does not have to be the end. Some say, well, it's okay for this widow and others who get miracles but that isn't my story. My spouse is still dead. My child is still dead. Well, it was only after Jesus rose from death on the third day, after his burial, that his disciples realised that events such as this had been like a taste of something greater. Miracles are like tasting dinner a little bit beforehand so that you can hold out for the feast that you know that's coming. The hunger doesn't go from a taste 
but it sustains you knowing something spectacular is about to come. And so it is with the resurrection. That is a spectacular event when we will all be resurrected who love Jesus. Not all are resurrected prior to that great day. So Jesus has come to give the guarantee of resurrection to a new spiritual life, not simply a resuscitation to this life. Only the Christian faith offers a certain hope of life with a loving God. Jesus didn't just engage our world, he defeated its final curse. This is history recorded by solid, credible witnesses, recorded, in fact, to produce a decision. So let me urge you to respond. Please don't delay. So the question arises, what is the right response to King Jesus? We read in verse 16, they were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to, has come to help his people. The first eyewitnesses show us the way forward. They acknowledged the activity of God in Christ and they gave God the honour and praise he was due. Now to be filled with awe of someone is to actually listen to them, to acknowledge in their area of expertise that I should listen to them and follow them. If I wanted to be a great cook when at present I'm a dud, then I would give attention to my children's mum, my wife Sue who's an incredible cook, as my ample frame bears testimony. God's area of expertise is the whole of life. We stand in awe of him in everything. He shows us how to live in a way that is life-giving and hope-filled. In Jesus, there is hope and comfort for a people who live in a world of confusion and puzzles, for people who struggle with guilt or the deep, deep grief of deceased children or passing on COVID to others. So, yes, some may write on our city walls, God doesn't give a damn about us. Why should we give a damn about him? But I want to write underneath, I don't know about your God, but mine does care. He does give his son yes life can be hard and I know because I still experience its pain but I know God cares my personal history of struggles and difficulties and yours does not change God's history God has shown his amazing love the life of Jesus climaxing in the cross yells across the centuries God cares since God cares we should care for him we should humbly receive his love and accept his rule. And if you're watching today and you've not yet welcomed Jesus into your life as king and rescuer, why not do it today? If you've drifted away from Jesus, questioning his love and generosity to you, why not come back to him today? If you've been finding purpose and pleasure in dark places, then why not return to Jesus today? There'll be a prayer on the screen that I'm going to pray slowly, but the words will be on the screen, so you'll better join me in saying them. It's a way of saying, I want to be back in relationship. I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. I now know you care for me. 
So we're going to ask God to forgive us. We're going to ask God, thank him for what he's done for us and ask him to help us so we might follow him. If you're ready to pray this prayer, can I encourage you to do so in your lounge rooms or wherever you're watching? Lord God, please forgive me for living as if you didn't care. I'm amazed at your compassion and power shown in Jesus. Thank you for sending him to be in my place and rising to defeat death for me. I commit my life to following him. Help me to do this for the rest of my life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to be in contact with us. Use the connect uh, at myfac.org.au. The details are on the screen or use the SMS. Just say you prayed the prayer or you'd like to talk to somebody and we'll be in touch with you this coming week. Please let us know you've done this. And for the rest of us who have been listening this morning, may the way the story of the widow's son being resurrected or raised to new life be reflected in the way we go through our week. May we all be filled with awe and praise God for Jesus. May we recognise that he is the great prophet of God who has appeared among us. That he is the God who has come to help his people. And may this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea, through Fig Tree and throughout the globe and to the all the places where he is not yet known. May we be vehicles of that message. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to follow you day by day and celebrate your wondrous grace and kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.